0: So buddy, what? Which of the classic monsters would have had the toughest time during the COVID-19 pandemic?
1: Um, think about it. Uh, Dracula.
0: Dracula? Why, why Cuz like
1: he he's he always going around like biting people. Uh-huh. And like he's Social putting
0: distancing would have been like
1: Yeah, he, he he's downfall. putting he's putting his mouth on their neck. Yeah. So, like, he d- d- the COVID could have transitioned, and he could have gotten COVID.
0: I got yeah. a better one for you. Who? The mummy. Why so? Remember at the beginning of the pandemic how everyone ran out of toilet paper?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> everyone would be, everyone be taking his stuff.
0: <laughs> yep, like, suddenly the tables <laughs> would have turned, and the mummy would have been running away from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ecology One Hundred and One. My name is Diego,
1: and my name is Joshua.
0: And today we are going to be talking about the backgrounds and inspirations for some of the classic horror monsters. But first, within our news and review segment, we are going to be chatting it up about
1: DC fandom. 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 DC fandom.
0: That's how the Italians say it. Yeah, I watch. I I I watch the DC fandom. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm eating
0: my pizza and lasagna.
1: I don't know. That's a French uh,
0: word. F- fettuccine.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so
0: sorry to all our Italian <laughs> listeners. Um so yeah, uh buddy, what was your favorite thing that was revealed or shown at DC Fandom?
1: My favorite was probably the Flash trailer. Really? Because um it showed first of all it showed Michael Keaton. His...
0: I mean, the back of his... I
1: know, but, like, we got thing. to see... We got to see the original Batman helmet. It looked cool. We,
0: we did, yeah. Um, yeah. also and that... And he narrated it, too. He was, like, narrating at the beginning, where he was, like, the oh, voice. Oh, that was Michael Keaton? Yeah.
1: Oh. But, um, I love the scene where mm-hmm. Barry, he was looking at the Batmobile, the original one. <laughs> oh, and yeah. And then he was, like...
0: He <sighs> about to take it off.
1: And he, he like, pulled the tarp off, and then it cut just there. I, <laughs> wanted, I wanted to see...
0: Yeah, you know it's crazy. Barry Allen is officially going to be the first character in the DCEU who has seen the Batmobile, the, the latest one of the latest Batmobiles and, then and the, the first newest. Batmobile. That's so cool, man. Mm. I love that. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Did you notice his, uh, his new suit?
1: Yeah. It looks more lighty. Like it has a bunch of. I'm guessing it's like. It's transferring speed force? I guess. Or something?
0: Uh, And then it seems like we're going to see some variants Mm. of Barry Allen. We. Variants, if we will.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, We saw another Ezra Miller. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure behind um, the Ezra Miller that we know.
0: Oh, was Supergirl.
1: Yeah, it was Supergirl. Yeah.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, which we already knew she was going to be in the film, but we did didn't know that there was going to be uh, some variants of a flash yeah so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out um, we obviously didn't see uh, Ben Affleck's Batman we didn't see the face of Michael Keaton uh, we did see the original Batcave that was really cool um, we saw the beginning, I'm guessing, of what is the the scene of the death of Barry's mother. Mm.
1: Of Nora. We saw him go back in time. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't see him go back in time. But we, I mean, I'm guessing that's what it was. Yeah. And him, like, tapping on his mom's shoulder and she was like, ah!
0: You know what I'm really looking forward to seeing is if they pay off the uh, visit that... Ezra Miller's Flash gave to the CW slash Grant Gustin. That would be really cool to see Grant Gustin appear somehow.
1: That would be dope. Yeah.
0: I I almost feel like that that's gonna happen.
1: I I mean, what did they do to Grant Gustin's flash suit?
0: Where? The new one?
1: Yeah, like it it used it it used to be a dope leather material. Mm -hmm. Like it looked pretty good. It, uh, look, it looked
0: like, mm, you know, quasi-realistic, I guess.
1: Yeah. You
0: know? Um,
1: and then they just... I, I
0: wasn't always a huge fan of it, but...
1: Now they changed it to a... I heard that um, it has,
0: like, yellow boots now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and now they changed it to to some cloth.
0: Yeah. They showed that in um, in Fandom, right? Isn't that where they showed that?
1: The new Flash? Yeah. Yeah. I th- no?
0: think so. Anyway. Um, all right, well, my favorite thing was the Batman, the the, the new Batman, the Batman trailer.
1: hmm
0: That's Did a movie, you, huh? I didn't think it really showed too
1: much. I, I'm, too I'm much kinda, new footage. I mean, it showed Catwoman.
0: No, it definitely showed a lot of new footage. Like, we got more of the Penguin. We actually heard him talking. Oh, yeah,
1: we saw him.
0: Yeah, I mean, the whole <laughs> Colin Farrell... The fact that he's the person behind those prosthetics and that face and that character is crazy to me. (laughs) But it's such a good job. Like he he has that whole you know mobster voice, and um, it seems like he's going to be a a strong personality. You know,
1: what? what? Mind
0: you, we haven't seen the Penguin on the big screen since uh, since Danny DeVito in uh, Batman Returns. And Danny DeVito, yeah, on the big screen, yeah. And Danny DeVito was like a big deal man. Like Danny DeVito was he's a very charismatic character, you know, uh actor. Mm-hmm. So he brought a lot of personality to to that character, very deranged, very dark, kind of kind of sick in the head sort of uh, version of Penguin. I was
1: mad that he didn't have a um a monocle. monocle. Well, yeah. we'll
0: see. Who knows, maybe, maybe he'll I'll, get one. Maybe. Uh Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle. She looked awesome. She looked just like you could tell she's going to have a real strong presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how how that dynamic works between her and and Bruce Wayne. Uh, overall, I like the mystery still behind the Riddler. The fact that they're not showing his face, the fact that it's they only very... showed
1: like a little clip of him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I'm wondering if, uh, if they're going to keep, really, his whole involvement a mystery until we see the movie.
1: I feel like the Riddler is one of the best Batman villains because, like, he's mm-hmm. just such, pun kind of intended, mm-hmm. a mystery.
0: Yeah, right. And he's very obsessed with Batman, too. Mm-hmm. Very similar to the Joker, but obsessed in different ways. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I really, I like where this is going because obviously in this movie it seems like he's going to also take on more of a serial killer type of identity. Mm-hmm. What else did you like?
1: Um, I liked... I was sad that they didn't show gameplay for Kill the Justice League.
0: Yeah, I know that was weird.
1: Like I thought they would show gameplay. Too. It seems
0: that like they showed every cutscene, <laughs> <laughs> except like the endings of the boss battles.
1: Yeah, they also showed the designs for the Justice League. Mm-hmm. I mean, we obviously saw Superman. You can't really change his design too much.
0: You like the Flash, huh? In,
1: yeah, in that I mean game. the way that you just said I, you, I like the Flash, I'm guessing that you don't.
0: I didn't. No, I thought it was so weird.
1: I, I like the armory. Type. Yeah,
0: I think for me it was the helmet. That that was kind of a weird design for me. the
1: the go- He had like goggles. Yeah, which very goggly.
0: Yeah, very goggly look.
1: But besides that, I liked it.
0: Yeah, um, and t- then and then got the knights. They showed got the knights, mm-hmm.
1: and they
0: showed a lot of story.
1: Yeah, they showed the Court of Owls arc, which they really said that they are going to be different arcs. Mm-hmm. Like apparently, they showed gameplay for a. For a Mister Freeze arc, mm, and okay. I'm guessing that this is a Court of Owls arc. Which yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not guessing it is. Yeah. But it looks cool. The yeah. Gotham Knights. I guess. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is about this one, man. That isn't. That Super doesn't. Super
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know what it is. It, it doesn't seem bad. I think the you know the gameplay seemed fine. The story seems cool. I love the Court of Owls storyline from the comics. But there's just something about it that doesn't make me, doesn't get me excited. I think the second, my second favorite thing from DC Fandom was that that first look at Black Adam. Oh, man. That... The Rock
1: is so good in that role. You liked it? Yeah. That was
0: really cool. Apparently, like, we got to see that scene, a scene where uh, Black Adam is being... Awakened.
1: Summoned. Summoned. Yeah. yeah,
0: whatever. From from his slumber or whatever it was.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Very impressive, man. Uh, but yeah, it looks it looks really good. I like the tone of it. I like the music. I liked. Um, kind of like the seriousness of it. I wonder how how serious it's going to be. We didn't get to see a lot of the other characters, the Justice Society um, characters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I'm really looking forward to those characters as well, especially Doctor Fate. I want to see that character in live I
1: action. I want to see what his helmet looks like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I
1: think. He, uh, you you, you, you can't a, really can't be real his dumb helmet.
0: to mess up his helmet. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> if they if they mess up his helmet, there is no reason to add any detail or anything to it. just keep it exactly. Yeah as it is it'll be it'll look good and anyway the the trailer looked great like that footage that they showed looked great yeah. uh, it's just finally nice to see after so after waiting for so long it's nice to see something from this because The Rock has clearly been excited about it and I want to get excited for it too, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, what else did they show in DC fandom? They showed. Uh... Uh,
1: furry, fear of furry of the Gods.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shazam they, furry No of the trailer gods. there, right? Just like behind the scenes kind of shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looked fine. Honestly, they're. I don't know. I just, I'm excited for that movie. I, I mean, Shazam I really, was
1: really good. Yeah,
0: Shazam was great. It seems like they're going to bring back the whole Shazam family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Every, everybody
1: has Shazam powers, which is very unexpected right. in that first movie.
0: Yeah, um, and it looks like they're going to play a lot with the Greek mythology here in, mm-hmm. this, in this movie, which I like. You know, I think that's that's really cool. Um, what else, uh, they also showed behind the scenes footage of Aquaman,
1: mm-hmm. Aquaman uh, 2. What uh, is it, The
0: Lost Kingdom or something like
1: that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh,
0: showed some cool black suit for Aquaman. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about it? Some people don't like it. Do the
1: black suit?
0: Yeah. I thought it looked good, right? I
1: think that the orange suit... You it thought it was too much? Yeah. It looked <laughs> way too classic for me uh-huh. that it just looked bad. I, yeah. d- I didn't like the orange suit in the first movie.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I like this one more. I liked it, too. I thought it looked good. Um, I'm guessing that that suit is going to be something that's appearing for a period of time in the movie. I don't think that's probably his main suit.
1: Mm.
0: Right? Um, that's my guess. I don't know. Uh, also, King Orm is back, or Orm. He's not king anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. But Orm is back. Wait, Orm as in his, his half brother,
0: yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was wondering if they're going to end up like doing a Loki and Thor kind of thing there.
1: Mm.
0: You know, bringing him back several times. It, it looks like he was released... Cause like they were, it seemed like they were fighting side by side or something like that. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if if there's a reason, like there's something that he knows or something, a place that he has to lead them to, maybe this lost kingdom. Mm. Um, but I'm glad I'm glad that he's back though. I like the actor and I like the character.
1: He, yeah. So uh, did you did you see the trailer that he sent you
0: for the game? Yeah. Yeah, I did. It
1: is a game.
0: There is a game that was made out of the movie that's gonna come out.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh, similar similar to how like that. games
0: have been mobile games have been made out of minions and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But there there's sp- spawns of the movie. So yeah, there is a there is a, a movie that's gonna come out and like uh, it's it's a cartoon film, um mm-hmm. uh, animated film.
1: It seems like they got um an actor that sounds like the rock for No, that
0: is Dwayne Johnson voice in Really? Yeah.
1: He's doing two things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then there's uh, he does all the things. He's the yeah,
1: he, he's he's he's
0: him. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Kevin Hart voicing I forget the name of the dog, but I'm guessing that's Batman's dog. Crypto?
1: Oh wait, no. No, no, no. Um, Ace, 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 Ace. Ace,
0: there you ace, go, ace, there. ace, Ace, Ace. And then there's a whole bunch of other pets, like there's a pig. What superhero has a pig as a <laughs> as a as a pet?
1: Spider Ham. Spider Ham.
0: Wrong universe. So. So, sorry, man. Wrong, wrong
1: universe. Oh, okay. But I anyway,
0: yeah, Super Pets, League of Super Pets. Uh, will I watch it? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I'm a kid, so I want to watch it. I mean, pets.
0: <laughs> I, I guess mean. if you force me to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna force you to it.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, there's a whole bunch of other stuff too, like um, Peacemaker.
1: Yeah, Peacemaker. Yeah. Um,
0: Peacemaker, that spinoff. I was hoping to see something from the, for Green Lanterns, the HBO series that's going to come out.
1: Oh, they're um, making that?
0: Yeah. I but, forgot about that. Yeah, they are. But no, nothing was shown from that that I'm aware of. Um, Titans was announced, renewed for next season, as was that Gene other... Season
1: 4? Huh? Season 4? Season 4,
0: yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, um they
1: all... I'll, I, um... I, I, on my recommended, I've been seeing this thing from DC Fandom called Naomi.
0: Oh yeah, I don't I know saw, what that is
1: though. It's like I haven't checked it out. It's all on my recommended, and I don't even know what it is.
0: Yeah, I gotta check that out. I, I haven't seen that yet, but uh, I think it's like an animated series.
1: It, I think it was live action. Was it? Okay. Yeah, the thing showed show uh, the live
0: action. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not aware at all of what that is, but yeah, I think I think if DC Fandom does something, it's like show how much dc has going on in how many places you know Mm -hmm. like on live action animation both on the big screen and the small screen like dc is busy
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so it's very easy i think to think of marvel as like oh marvel's dominating dc has a lot going on yeah and they're not like failures either right like the controversy of Batman v Superman and the original, the first Justice League movie, those days are past, right? Because then came Wonder Woman, and then came Aquaman, and then came Shazam, and then came the uh, the, Su- the new Suicide Squad movie. The and new Suicide Squad. Yeah, there you go. And uh, and none of these things have been failures, really. Mm. Like, these things have been hits. They've been movies. Yeah. Lots of cool stuff from DC Fandome. Uh, I think it was pretty successful. Their their first one last year was a huge success. But I think particularly because it was in the middle of the pandemic and all the other cons that were doing, trying to do like a virtual thing, mm-hmm. didn't stack up at all. Even Comic-Con <laughs> didn't stack up to really? what DC Fandom did. Yeah. Um, and so it was nice that they kind of like kept it going. My big question for DC Fandom is once the pandemic is kind of behind mm-hmm. us, and things are fully open, is that going to become a live event? Because mm-hmm. they could they could do like really something really cool in a dome, like some kind of stadium that has a yeah, dome. Yeah, like an
1: actual dome now. Yeah,
0: or build a temporary dome or something somewhere. Mm-hmm. That'd be freaking cool, man. So that is our reaction to DC FanDome. We're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the origins of some of the classic monsters. So stick around for that.
1: Daddy, I know that you're a man who loves Audible.
0: I am, yes.
1: What kind of audiobooks have you been listening to lately?
0: Well, I actually just finished an audiobook by Matthew McConaughey. It's called Green Lights.
1: Yeah, I, I've listened to that because I've heard someone else listen to it
0: recently I, I heard him talk on a podcast and then he talked about this book that he was putting out, Green Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cool. It's kind of like a recap of his life, but he doesn't necessarily do it as in like, you know, here's what I did, you know, and then I did this and then I did that.
1: Yeah. It's he, more
0: like he, he really does go into it as like describing his own journey in mm-hmm. life and the lessons that he's learned along the way. Mm-hmm. And this book really spoke to me. I, I'm inspired by it. And the guy's voice is just awesome. He's Matthew McConaughey. You can't go wrong. Mm-hmm
1: the guy so like soothing
0: it, it really is yeah and i've got a ton of other books lined up just waiting for me i try to consume maybe like two or three at a time mm-hmm. i'm slowly making my way through a, a couple of others and i'm always listening to audiobooks it's really convenient to just do it while i'm driving or while i'm doing something around the house you too can enjoy audible and you can enjoy your very first book on audible for free on us by going over to audible trial com slash G101. Your first audiobook will be free. And if you decide to stick around after your free trial, you will be helping the show. That's AudibleTrial.com slash G101. Audiobooks are dope. Yes, they are. Take it from us. Couple of nerds.
1: And we're back, and we're Mm -hmm. ready to talk about the original Universal Monsters and what inspired them. Oh! Oh! We're not werewolves.
0: I want to be a werewolf.
1: (laughs) A werewolf.
0: (laughs) I dig it. So what are we talking about first, man? Which monster do you want to dive into first?
1: I'm going to dive into Frankenstein. <laughs> okay,
0: Frankenstein's monster.
1: So, kind of what inspired him mm-hmm. is um, the person who wrote it.
0: Yeah, she Mary Shelley.
1: Yeah, she originally wrote it around 1815.
0: Okay, and her 1815. Wow, that's, that's an old so story. long ago. Yeah,
1: um, she and Lord Byron.
0: Mm-hmm. Lord Byron. Yeah,
1: they had a. Sort of a competition to see who could write the best creepy story. Really? And, yeah. And after thinking for a long time, Mm -hmm. uh, she was inspired to write what we now know as Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. After imagining a scientist who created life by himself. Yeah. And then got horrified by what he had made.
0: Pretty cool, actually, the the whole concept because... To me it seems like almost like a like an ancestor or a predecessor to the idea of man creating machine and the machine like turning on man. Mhm. You know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. like a sort of artificial life like artificial intelligences. Mhm. And I wonder if
1: I mean it is basically artificial intelligence. It Frank kind, of Frank is. kind of is because he was created by different body parts put together to make.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: A new human. he was
0: assembled. He was built. Right. Yeah. And then, like lightning, was needed to bring him to life. You
1: know,
0: mm-hmm. so it really does feel to me like like some kind of precursor to to this whole idea of man creating a monster basically. I feel like that's that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Man's knowledge or science or capabilities turning against them in a way. Yeah. Of course Frankenstein has been like remade
1: mm-hmm.
0: throughout history.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the classic film made by Universal was remade eventually cuz all these classic films were first like in black and white, mm-hmm. then uh pretty much all of them got remade in color. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, eventually, like, different versions of it. Have you ever, do you ever hear of I, Frankenstein?
1: I, Frankenstein? <laughs> yeah. No.
0: It's kind of, like, a more modern one in the 2010s, I think it came out. Really? Yeah, and it was, like, a, a more modern telling of the story, but Frankenstein was, like, more regular humanoid looking. Really? Yeah and very, like, a good fighter and stuff. They kind of turned it, like, I think in the 2010s, they started turning all these, or or maybe it was before 2010, they started, like, rebooting all these movies, and you had, like, the movie Van Helsing, for example, Mm -hmm. where they basically turned Van Helsing, the vampire hunter, into, like, this superhero-like character. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you had uh, movies like this one, and you had the whole Underworld series began.
1: Oh, dang, I just looked up I, Frankenstein. Yeah. He literally just looks like a human with scarring on his face. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even have bolts in his neck.
0: It's just a a really interesting story that I don't feel has ever been done right after that. Mm. And to be honest, I don't know that, that Frankenstein is a concept that can really be done nowadays. Unless you... Weave it into like a story of man trying to achieve immortality or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because there is like this, there's this race almost against death w- with our species. We want to conquer death. Mm-hmm. There's always some new way of trying to keep ourselves looking younger, feeling younger, more longer lives, you know, that that sort of thing. And, and I feel like there might be something there. Something maybe playing with genetics or something like that. Mm-hmm. It seems that uh, James Wan, who's the, uh, the director of the Conjuring movies yeah and also of um Aquaman and stuff.
1: Mm.
0: he is supposed to be producing a remake of Frankenstein, really? And it's supposed to be like following a group of teenagers that find out that their neighbor is building this monster in his basement. Hmm. <laughs> what do you think about that?
1: Hopefully it's not um hopefully it's not like hocus pocus style.
0: Like comedic, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Cause see, that's what I liked about Invisible Man. That it, that thing was like taken. It was serious. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like some kind of hokey remake of, of of a classic. No, it was like a serious movie, but it could be very serious because it wasn't trying to like do things beat by beat according to the original movie. It was really like telling a new story just using the like the raw concept, yeah, of the original. So this to me, this whole thing that you know with James was it really using the
1: raw concept?
0: Yeah, an invisible man, the menace of an invisible man. Yeah, that is the the most basic thing, right? There's an invisible man, and he's doing bad things. Uh, And in and in Frankenstein's monster, I think the raw concept is man is creating something that ends up, you know, becoming a monster, turning on 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 him
1: Mm. on
0: man. So I. I don't know. This It feels small, the whole thing of like a, a group of teens finding out that a guy's making the monster in his basement. But whatever. Well, you know, let's see. James Wan, you know, he's uh, he's responsible for some of my favorite uh, horror-related stuff in recent times. So, I, yeah, I, I trust the man when it comes to horror. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he does with that. All right. Which monster should we chat about next, man? How about we talk about Wolfman since we mentioned him?
1: Yeah, let's talk about him.
0: All right. So... Wolfman um Wolfman of course is a werewolf right Yeah and werewolves have been in folklore for ages and ages and ages mm-hmm. Um normally it's a person who morphs into like this vicious creature right and yeah.
1: the,
0: the, the creature goes and devours a bunch of people
1: Typically when it hits a when it's a full moon
0: Yeah Um, others are more like a combination of a man and a wolf, which is the case of the wolfman.
1: Really? Like, he doesn't turn into, he just is one?
0: Yeah, he retains, like, his human features, but he gets, like, some features of a wolf. Mm. Like, he doesn't even get a snout, for example. Really? Yeah, classic wolfman, you can look him up. Classic wolfman is is very much just, like, a human face, but he gets, like, a a lot of hair hair and fangs and stuff.
1: Oh, I I like a werewolf that actually has more wolf features. More
0: wolf features. Yeah, so it's either, it's always, like, either one of those two. And, but they, they always have in common that uh, they, they develop, like, this insatiable hunger for human flesh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what they always have in common. Um, like, legends in different cultures have talked about this stuff. So, for example, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, um, there's a story of a woman who ended up turning a previous lover into a wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, the Legend of Lycaon, the god Zeus, he ends up turning this guy, cursing him by turning him into a wolf. Oh. Because he ended up serving him human flesh from, like, this kid who was sacrificed.
1: That he... he, And Zeus didn't know. The guy ended up serving Zeus human flesh Uh from a child?
0: Yeah. And so uh, Zeus curses him to become a wolf to, like, crave human flesh, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in Nordic, in Norse mythology or in Norse folklore, folklore, there's something called the Saga of the Valsungs. And in this story, there's a father and a son who discover these wolf pelts, like wolf uh, skins, mm-hmm. that they that gives them the power to turn themselves into wolves for 10 days.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: and so the, the dad and the son turn themselves into wolf and go on like a killing rampage. And then eventually, somehow in the story, the dad ends up biting the son and, like, really injuring him. And then someone gives him some kind of feather or something that's, like, healing powers.
1: Okay. What? Yeah, I don't
0: know, man. Norse mythology. And then there's people who have claimed or have been accused of being werewolves, but were actually, like, serial killers. In
1: real history?
0: Yeah, in real human history. Like, for example, in 1521, this Frenchman called Pierre Bourgeois, uh, and this guy, Michel Verdun were they swore that they like sold their souls to the devil and that the devil gave them some ointment that <laughs> turned them into wolves
1: they said that
0: yeah 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 and they confessed to brutally murdering a bunch of children um and then because of that they were burned at the stake
1: oh dang
0: yeah and burning burning by the way has been one of the traditionally in like mythology and folklore has been one of the only ways to kill a werewolf
1: really yeah.
0: Um, and then there's, uh, there's this story that's, of the...
1: That's pretty ironic, because in the Twilight movies, that's one of the only ways to kill a vampire.
0: Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> you
1: have to snap its neck and then throw it into the fire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, there's been, uh, in, in uh, there's been a, There's this other guy called Peter Stubby, or Stubb. Stubb. Yeah. So this guy was a, a, a rich 15th century farmer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in this place called Bedburg.
1: And let me guess, he killed a bunch of people
0: he did he did kill a bunch of people a bunch of the citizens of good old bedburg and then he was blamed for the for the killings um after being cornered by a bunch of hunters who claimed that they saw him shapeshift
1: shapeshift
0: <laughs> yeah into from, a wolf from a wolf into a human and so you can pretty much guess that he he dead.
1: yeah he he probably he probably got deaded
0: he got deaded <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, this whole thing of shifting from wolf to man, right? That's another aspect of werewolves that is pretty traditional. Uh, the idea that werewolves can can shape shift at will. Mm-hmm. It could be because of a curse. Uh, in the case of some of them, it could be like we talked about because of some sort of cloak or wood pelt or belt. In belt? some cases, yeah. In some of the in some of the legends, um, that gave them the ability to shapeshift, um, and then in some cases it's because they were bitten or scratched by another werewolf. Oh. Yeah, and that kind of follows more of the traditional Vampire? Hollywood werewolf story. Oh, really? Yeah, that you become a werewolf by being attacked by a werewolf.
1: I have never heard of that before. Really? I I always thought that you just. Became a werewolf because of some curse. Okay. I, I Well, never... that
0: is one of the things. Yeah. That is one of the things. And what is it that triggers people to become to turn into the werewolf? A, a full moon. There you go. So that's another classic element about werewolf mythology, right? Mm-hmm. That the full moon is what kind of like brings out yeah. the werewolf.
1: The werewolf spirit.
0: Yeah. Well, according to a study uh, by Australia's Calvary Matter Newcastle Hospital, um, a full moon does bring out the beast in human beings. Really? Yeah. The study found that ni- that of 91 violent offenders... Um, How did between, they find between, this? August, between August 2008... Were they
1: tracking violent offenders?
0: Yeah. They're a hospital. Violent offenders within their hospital. Oh. Yeah. Between August 2008 and July 2009, that 23% of these violent offenses happened during a full moon.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Maybe, so then,
1: maybe that's what inspired it somehow.
0: And there's, Or maybe because of the werewolf mythology, it got us wondering, like, wait, is there something about the, the full moon? Mm-hmm. And then we're trying to, like, connect the dots. Yeah. You know, who knows what came first. Um, then comes along the Wolfman, right? The story of the Wolfman, the movie itself. Um, this wasn't the first werewolf movie ever made. It was. But it was the first werewolf movie to become a blockbuster. These classic monster films started establishing the rule book. And then from there, a lot of the movies that followed have kind of pulled from that rule book and, and, and li- work with that same reality, basically. Mm. The, the movie itself inspired movies like The Howling and An American Werewolf in London, which are like very, very classic um, werewolf movies. This one has been reinvented so many times. Wolfman? The werewolf in general. Mm -hmm. But again, Frankenstein's monster is really not one that has been reinvented a whole bunch. Yeah. Right? But it's one of the most popular. Right, it is. But it's almost like that one is really, because when you think of Frankenstein's monster, what comes to your mind? That classic monster back from, you know, from the original movies. Really, like there hasn't been a lot of reinvention for Frankenstein's monster. However, for the wolf, for the werewolf, there has been right. Like you see, the underworld and underworld
1: mm-hmm. in that
0: whole film series. You see, like the lichens are like this whole race of werewolves and stuff like that, and they turn really? into these vicious werewolf monsters. Yeah. Uh, you see in Twilight, in that entire film series, mm-hmm. you see that they have a very different take on on the werewolf. It's like actually gigantic wolves, mm-hmm. and they tied it to Native American culture and folklore. You know? Yeah,
1: like the the werewolves against the vampires. And yeah,
0: so. Um, so it's it really has been a thing that's been reinvented. Uh, the Blade movies as well. Um, mm. So it's uh, it's a classic, and I think that werewolves aren't going anywhere. Like I, I feel like that's something that's going to be going on and on for a while Mm
1: -hmm.
0: all right which monster do you want to tackle next
1: let's do the monster from the black lagoon all right isn't it the creature from the black lagoon what i wrote down is the creature of the black lagoon
0: this guy yeah creature from the black lagoon man what do you uh what did you find about this one
1: so I actually found out one interesting fact mm-hmm. is that while the movie was being made, yeah, they still hadn't came up with a design for the monster, okay and so um, then Jack Arnold, which mm-hmm. was one of the people who was working on it, he actually remembered the certificate. ...that he got when mm-hmm. he had been nominated for an Oscar in 1951. Okay. And the certificate, it had a picture of the Oscar statue guy. hmm And then, like, it, it was kind of like a light bulb turned on in his head. <laughs> okay. And using the Oscar kind of as a base for the design... He just he just made it so completely different. He redesigned it mm-hmm. with like fins and scales and claws <laughs> and a gruesomely redesigned head with yeah. gills.
0: Yeah, that monster's pretty creepy, man. Uh, one of the cool things about that, uh, of, like the story of that movie, is the the whole thing that like they 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 discovers an expedition to the Amazon and they discover these foss this fossil of like a hand. Mm-hmm. Like a webbed hand. Oh. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like, within the movie, it's supposed to be that like this thing provides or proves a direct link between land and sea animals.
1: Mm-hmm. Wait, how would they have... If it was a fossil... Yeah. Would there be bones in the webs between the fingers?
0: Nope.
1: Then how would they know that...
0: Because Hollywood.
1: Did it show <laughs> the webs?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't the webs have like deteriorated Son, over the yeah, years?
0: Yes, yes, Mister Mister Factual guy. Yeah, dude, we didn't even start giving dinosaurs feathers until like ten years ago or something. Uh, honestly,
1: uh, you
0: can't blame them. Come on, yeah, uh, you expect so uh, much from nineteen fifties movie makers. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, there's there's the reason why that's interesting to me is because um, there is this uh, there's this mockumentary
1: mockumentary yeah
0: which is like a documentary but it's actually like fake
1: it's like mocking it
0: it's not mocking it necessarily it's just something that is meant to be like to look like a documentary but there's not actually real
1: Mm.
0: and so the whole thing is about the the aquatic ape theory
1: aquatic ape
0: yeah and so within this whole documentary thing the theory is that at some point in human's evolution, in humanity's evolution, Homo sapiens broke into two branches. One are the land-dwelling ones that ended up being us. Mm-hmm. And then the others were the, our ancestors who ended up staying close to water yeah, enough so that they started interacting more with water than with land. And so little by little, as time went on, they started adapting, evolution-wise, they started adapting to living in the water. And so um, what ended up happening is that they evolved into this aquatic ape, basically. mm mm-hmm. Humanoid type creature, but little by little started changing their features. Like, for example, they developed like fins and stuff like that, and and, like webs and like web. Yeah, the webs you could see webs here in your fingers.
1: Yeah, they're just so incredibly small. Yeah,
0: so imagine that little by little because you're using your hand more and more to swim,
1: they're getting bigger, they're getting
0: bigger, so that you can push more water. Correct, right. And so, um, so I find that interesting because, like, within that, that mockumentary. They say that, like, all the sightings of mermaids and stuff like that, like, that's where this comes from. That Mm -hmm. there are basically, uh, living deep, deep in the sea, there are these ancestors of ours who broke off into a different chain of evolution and they developed to live in the water. And this really cool fact that the reason why dolphins... Are so friendly to humans on when we go to the beach in the water <laughs> is because they recognize us,
1: really?
0: like we look to them like the people that they interact with down deep in the water. Oh, <laughs> it's really cool. That kinda again,
1: makes sense. It
0: kind of does, yeah. But again, none of this is like based on fact, right? This is just like a, a, a fake documentary thing. But this kind of reminded me of it, you know, mm-hmm. that um, this creature from the Black Lagoon is supposed to be like this evolutionary branch spinoff of the human species mm-hmm. so it's, it's pretty cool. So mm-hmm.
1: I have something about how the creature from the black Lagoon it was based off of a thing from like a kind of a folktale okay of of a creature mm-hmm. that lived in the water and it was pretty much like the creature from the black Lagoon mm. and it was known to be very monster like. And for some reason, it would even ride, like, a giant black crocodile. Really? Yeah, but <laughs> that was kind of one of the things that inspired the idea of it.
0: Hmm, okay. Um, it spawned two sequels, Revenge, Revenge of the Creature, mm-hmm. and then The Creature Walks Among Us. And then um, then there was a, a, a reboot, the, what was it, The Shape of Water, I think it's called?
1: Oh, I think I've heard of that i think i've seen
0: yeah the shape of a water picture of
1: that isn't it like didn't it like reimagine the man from the black lagoon the creature from the black lagoon remake? i
0: still haven't seen that one and actually that that's a movie that, that for some reason i don't know why it like escaped my radar mm-hmm. but when i saw the trailer the first time for the movie i was like oh i gotta catch that That looks really interesting so that's you- that's one that i'm gonna revisit for sure i want to watch it uh maybe i'll watch it now during halloween season all right, <laughs> ready to move on to the next monster?
1: Yeah, so I think you have the next monster covered now. Yeah,
0: let's talk about Dracula. Dracula is by far, I think, one of the most recognizable uh, universal classic monsters. Mm-hmm. Now, vampires very, very similar to werewolves, like yeah. vampires are to Dracula, what werewolves are to the Wolfman.
1: Van- oh, so they are they are pretty different. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, basically, like, it it was, like, vampires were already in folklore for many, many generations. And then
1: Dracula is kind of...
0: And then when Dracula came out, Bram Stoker's Dracula, that was basically the thing that took all of that folklore and, like, formalized it...
1: Into a new...
0: Yeah, and And, it it created a rule book for vampires, in a way. Yeah, kind
1: of like Wolfman with werewolves. Yeah, yeah. Like, it formalized it into... And a
0: certain idea... And, like, it told us, all right, this is how vampires behave. These are their weaknesses. These are their strengths. This is how they operate. This is how they feed, et cetera. mm -hmm. And then movies from there on and shows and comics and, God, who knows what else, have been basically following a lot of those rules.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I feel like for Wolfman, that's not the case. Why? Because now we don't really think of Wolfman. We We just think of werewolf. I feel like we don't think of a creature that is just, like, dead, That I see what you're saying. I feel like we think of an actual thing that turns into a wolf, not not just a wolf man.
0: So, do you think that, um, when you think of vampires, do you think of Dracula?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess, I guess Dracula has more, more recognition probably, you're right. mm yeah, yeah, you're right. Because when yeah. you think of werewolves, you don't immediately envision Wolfman unless you're like part of an older generation and like you, you know, you saw that growing up or something like mm. that. My point is that a lot of the stuff that, a lot of the rules set in Dracula
1: were from vampires. Became
0: the official rules of vampires. Yeah, yeah, Moving yeah. forward, you know? That's what I'm trying to say. Um, then there's like stuff like aversion to garlic. You got to kill oh, them with yeah. a stake through the heart. The whole thing of sleeping in caskets. Um, sunlight,
1: thought um, oh, we already covered that.
0: Before Dracula, though, vampiric entities were recorded in a lot of different cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were particularly made popular in Western Europe, so there were folk beliefs in, like, the Balkans and Eastern Europe that, um, corpses needed to be staked.
1: So that they wouldn't reanimate? So they
0: wouldn't, yeah, become vampires.
1: Oh, that, did they actually stake the corpses? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there were variants of vampires also in different parts of the world. So, like, in Albania, they were called Shitriga. Uh, in Chitriga? Greece, they were called... Yeah, I'm totally mispronouncing this probably. But <laughs>
1: yeah. In Greece,
0: they were called uh, Vrikolakas.
1: Vrikolakas In
0: Romania, they were uh, Strigoi.
1: Strigoi. <laughs> uh,
0: and, and, like... All of these were were more of like the raw vampire type of prototype. Mm-hmm. Just a creature who had either come back from the dead or even in life just became uh, it became necessary for them to feed off of human blood. To survive, you mm-hmm. know, and so they killed people.
1: They did also change that in Twilight, where they where they made it that they, they could feed
0: off of like animal.
1: Yeah, it was so, like the... so that they wouldn't have to feel guilty.
0: Right, It was, like basically like almost like vegetarian vampire sort of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: um, and then uh, but but it was Dracula that really showed that charismatic and sophisticated vampire. Mm-hmm. Right, because now Dracula wasn't like the the, the mindless beast feeding you know hungry for blood it was like very well dressed he was basically always dressed like in a suit you know
1: Mm -hmm. and didn't he have like a high collar yeah with a cape or something yeah kind of like um the dr strange cape but not alive right kind of looked like that yeah
0: and then there was like this kind of royal feeling to him you know he was very well educated and very well spoken and again Mm -hmm. very charismatic um actually in the remake of the classic dracula Interestingly enough, the guy who played Count Dracula was Christopher Lee, (laughs) who is also known as
1: As Count Dooku
0: from the Star Wars prequels. (laughs) So uh, Christopher Lee, may he rest in peace, uh, actually played two very famous counts. Wait, he
1: died? Yeah,
0: he passed away. Oh. And uh, he he didn't come back to life as a vampire. (laughs) I know, isn't it sad? That would have been awesome. That would have been epic. (laughs) i thought i was gone i'm back i was real all along (laughs) talking about bram stoker's dracula right Mm -hmm. this is uh the creator the creation of bram stoker a writer who wrote this novel in 1897 very very old like mary shelley's frankenstein Mm -hmm. um and he basically provided the modern template of of a vampire yeah. Less less animalistic and more sophisticated and intelligent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in in a in a biography about Bram Stoker, it was implied that Armin Vanbury, who was a professor at the University of Budapest, supplied Bram Stoker with information about Vlad Dracula.
1: So, oh, so also known as
0: Vlad the Impaler.
1: So Dracula did come from Dracula. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, so that's right. However,
0: was... though, however, however, um, this whole story of him being inspired by Vlad the Impaler, who was, like, this character in history that was a ruler, who was very sadistic, and he... He would, was like, a ruler? Yeah. Oh. And he would, like, bathe in the blood of his enemies and stuff like that. Like, very oh, gruesome I, guy. I,
1: I thought he was just a serial killer.
0: No, 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 no. Um, that story is the fact that the, the, the story that he inspired Bram Stoker's idea of Dracula is not accepted by most modern scholars. Really? Yeah. Interestingly enough.
1: What?
0: Yeah, many scholars disagree that that was the origin or the inspiration because there is no, there is nothing from Bram Stoker himself. Think about it. This is a writer, right? Mm-hmm. So if like there's anybody who would have talked about the inspiration for this very famous character of his, it probably would have been himself. He would have written about it. He's Mm -hmm. a writer. But he never mentioned any kind of inspiration for Dracula. So this could have been just all his own creation. But anyway, whatever the inspiration was, this dude definitely created a monster who is immortalized. Dracula is in Marvel Comics. Dracula is a Marvel character.
1: He is a Marvel Comics character. I, I'm saying he is <laughs> because I, I I think I vaguely remember you telling me this, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of new news to me. It's so like yeah. he is. No,
0: it's like straight up. He is a character within Marvel Comics. He had his own comic in like his own comic continuity Dracula? for a long time. Yeah, a title a comic titled Dracula. He interacts with Blade a lot, obviously. Wait, uh, what? Because Dracula in Marvel in the Marvel comics world, he's actually like a ruler of vampires within that world. Oh, and of course, Blade has beef with you know yeah. with with the vampire world
1: because he is half underworld. vampire. Right. Wait, does he feed off of vampires? Oh, Blade.
0: He doesn't. No, he doesn't feed off of vampires.
1: Does he feed off to just people?
0: He has to take some kind of serum to to keep him. Oh, to f- keep, to that keep that him, him from. Fed. Oh, okay. Yeah, is that he, he? So that he doesn't become bloodthirsty. But if he stops taking that, he starts developing that thirst. I mean,
1: obviously that's happened before.
0: Yeah, it has, um, and I think that in one of the Blade sequels, I want to say that Dracula was actually a character. But they don't paint him as like the typical Count Dracula. They really? paint him as like a modern day, you know, version of him because he's he's immortal, right? Mm-hmm. So of course, Dracula would have changed.
1: Yeah. Oh, kind of like um, the Mandarin and Shang Chi.
0: Exactly. Very good comparison. Yeah. Exactly that. He would have. He would have adapted to modern day times, um, which is really interesting. I feel like there's something there. And that's one of the reasons why in the movie Dracula Untold, I know that that movie didn't do very good at the box office. I honestly don't know why to me that was a very good movie. Uh um,
1: oh, was the I know uh was the guy who whenever I look up Dracula Untold, the guy who's in all the images yeah. was that Dracula?
0: Yeah, that was him. But the reason Doesn't why Doesn't look like a Dracula. He made he made a uh, he made a deal with the devil um like basically to sell his soul. Mhm in exchange for having the power to protect his kingdom because there was there was there Oh, was, he was like rival, a king. Yeah, he was. There was this rival kingdom that was coming to invade his land and he didn't have the power to protect it. Mm. And so, so he sold his soul to be able to, like, basically out of love for his people.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, like, he didn't, do it, it, he didn't shows, do it for a
0: selfish reason. It kind of shows
1: it. that, like, that version of Jekyll isn't bad.
0: Right. No. Also,
1: what is... If you just sold your, if you just sold your soul to the devil,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like I mean, take Johnny Blaze for instance, right, Ghost Rider, uh, when he sold, his, when he, if he sold his soul to the devil, yeah. and then didn't ask for Ghost Rider powers, mm-hmm. would it have really affected him at all? Because what, what I think
0: the whole idea is that the the character of the devil always asks for some kind of something in return, so yeah. you're always going to end up losing.
1: But what? If you sold your soul to the devil if you what would that take away? I know it takes away your soul basically, but it, it
0: doesn't take away your soul, it just like entraps you to be in the service of him.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Kind like, of like Ghost Rider. Yeah,
1: I, I always wondered like he still has a soul. Like he still yeah. has like emotion and
0: he does, yeah. But it's 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 not. He doesn't have the freedom to do with that whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. He can't just go and live his life in peace. You know, yeah. What I mean? He has to be in some way a servant of the devil who gave him the power. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this version of Dracula was was a very similar thing. And man, when he gets the power and he he faces off against that army, dude, single handedly takes out an entire army. It really awesome, yeah. Really, really. I should cool.
1: watch that movie.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't think it's that bad from what I remember. I don't even remember it was actually rated R. I'll check it out to see if it's um, refreshed my memory. But um, but it, it was. I feel like it was a really interesting retelling. And there's obviously, because this is a guy who becomes immortal, there would have been space to continue that story and to move him forward in history. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to have seen that guy's story continue on and like to see a, a modern day version of him. Uh, but in any case I'm sure that he'll you know Dracula will be rebooted at some point. Mm-hmm. There have been all sorts of like comedic funny <laughs> versions of Dracula. Really? Yeah, there's been like a black Dracula and I think it was played by like Eddie Murphy or something Eddie like that. Eddie Murphy? Yeah, uh, and it was like straight up comedy and it was funny. Um and yeah, just so many versions, TV shows, like I... comics, books, all sorts of things. Interview with a vampire very famous uh very <laughs> famous uh movie that kind of draws inspiration from that regal royal very affluent and educated type of vampire
1: I feel like if I made a movie about Dracula mm-hmm. I would have him even if even if most um historical Like people who research historical stuff nowadays think that he wasn't inspired by Vlad the Impaler. I don't Mm. care. I'd make him more like (laughs) Vlad the Impaler. I would make him more of like a serial killer.
0: Jesus, really? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I would just want to kind of do something different with the character.
0: Okay. I wouldn't be against that. Um, All right, and let's get to our final monster.
1: Yeah, so my final monster, or I mean our final monster, mm-hmm. is the mummy, known from the movie The Curse of the Mummy.
0: Yes, and as the number one victim from the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, Yeah,
1: everyone was trying to steal his wrapping. Get that,
0: get that toilet paper. So that
1: they could wipe. Get that toilet paper. <laughs> so, the mummy, mm-hmm. well, the curse of the mummy, yeah. is actually, it's kind of referring to the curse of the pharaohs. Yeah. And it's kind of a curse, which is allegedly a curse that will be cast upon anyone who disturbs the mummy of an ancient Egyptian. Mm. Uh, mostly, it's a, a pharaoh. pharaoh. Yeah, right. a pharaoh. Yeah, back
0: in 1922, there was uh, this very famous, like in real history, mm. there was a very famous opening of the the tomb of Tutankhamun. King
1: Tut, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and this was it kind of like sparked this, this interest in this whole Egyptian thing, archaeology and stuff like that, and culture. And so what ended up happening is that the people who wanted to create the, the film... Around the mummy, around the subject of the mummy, they actually commissioned the writer to go and find a, a, a story about mummies,
1: so that they could make, they could a, make, a, mo- make a
0: movie out of. Yeah, yeah. kind of like they did with uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, right? Mm-hmm. Which was first a book, and then they made a movie out of it. This guy actually went out in search and didn't find anything. So,
1: so he wrote one. Yeah.
0: So they told him, "All right, then let's write it." You know, let's, they they let's literally
1: it. got a guy to make to to write a book just so that they could make a movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In the story itself, in the the, the Curse of the Mummy, um, there's this thing called the Scroll of Thoth. Yeah, and that is the thing that's supposed to be kind of like the the Curse of the Pharaohs, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so what what's happening is that they open up the tomb of this character called Imhotep. They translate these symbols that are around the tomb somewhere, and then they realize that it's like this curse.
1: Yeah, and then the mummy rose up from his grave.
0: <laughs> yeah. And apparently the guy who, um, who, who did this, he
1: started like, he went out.
0: crazy. He started laughing hysterically. Yeah. <laughs> and then the mummy, like, you know, just shuffles, does the shuffle.
1: He does, he does, he does the sandwalk from Dune. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, Dune, great movie. You should watch it.
0: Yeah um and uh, and then there's like the whole story continues like this dude like 10 years later the mummy guy yeah, actually like-, like becomes a a, a human like, uh-huh. he regenerates somehow and then it, it basically the whole plot of the movie is that he wants to resurrect his lady mm-hmm. like he wants to bring back his love to it's really weird. So he wants to like this this chick who looks a lot like his lover back in ancient Egypt.
1: Yeah, he thinks it's like her reincarnation. He wants reincarnation. to turn her into
0: her, so he can kill her, so he can mummify her, so he can bring her back to life as his lover. It's like
1: so he whoa, he, he like he can you just
0: like date the girl on modern day? He, I don't know. He Go thinks take her for coffee. that.
1: He thinks that it's his past lover's reincarnation. So, like you said, he wants to kill her. Yeah. Then he wants to wrap her in the wrapping. Mm -hmm. Then he wants to mummify her. Then he wants to bring (laughs) her spirit back out of her already dead body Mm -hmm. so that he can date her again.
0: So much of it has death and the fear of death, right?
1: And, like, coming back to life after death.
0: Yeah. And it's almost like that is the... Death is the, the, the villain in all this.
1: Except for Frankenstein what Frankenstein is like he's put together uh, well I guess he is put together by dead body parts yeah so
0: <laughs> right and he's a reanimated combination of several corpses yeah basically
1: I wonder if like the spirits of all those corpses that like all of them are inside of his body
0: oh dear God what do you mean like like uh like snake with the hand of the guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus! Please don't. Th-
1: that wasn't snake. That was actually that was actually liquid ocelot, and then <sighs> and then no, Li- liquid don't. snake. He took I over don't. ocelot's body. I can't.
0: And <laughs> I can't. Just mummify me, please. Just mummify. <laughs> me. Thank you all for tuning in to this latest episode of Geekology 101. We hope that you enjoyed this as much as we enjoyed doing the research and getting into this world of the classic universal monsters. Uh, There's a lot of other uh, monsters that have come along the way, like the Invisible Man, for example, the Bride of Frankenstein. Um, and, uh, you know, all the many, many sequels and reboots that have happened throughout the years. There
1: was actually the Phantom of the Opera, which I considered including in this episode. I think
0: I think some people do consider him a, a universal monster.
1: I mean, he was made by Universal, but he is a human.
0: He is human, right, exactly. He's not like some kind of supernatural creature or anything. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Remember, if you want to support the show, you can do so by getting some merch for yourself. Head over to Geekology101.com. Com. Click on merch. You'll be taken over to our merch shop. Bunch of shirts there. Uh, a lot of stuff related to podcasting um, that you can uh, buy as uh, Christmas is slowly creeping up on us. And if you want to join the conversation, you can do so by going over to the bottom of our website. There you'll find their contact form. Hit us up, send us a message, or
1: you can contact us through more traditional means by hitting us up at g101podcast at gmail.com.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We will be back with another spooky episode.
1: Spooky Scary Skeleton sends shivers down your spine.